I have seen, oh, I have seen the affliction of my people, and knowing their sorrow, I am come down to deliver them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's Gospel, the parable of the Good Samaritan, is familiar to us, isn't it? It is, I think, too familiar. And that would be the problem. We assume, oh, having heard this Gospel from the time we were small children, we assume that we have grasped its message, when in fact... Its message may not yet have taken hold of our hearts. The fathers of the church discerned a mystery. That is to say something hidden in the story of the Good Samaritan. The mystery of the healing mercy of God revealed, disclosed, unveiled, made manifest come close in Christ Jesus. We are all of us perhaps touched by a certain world view that conditions us to open the gospel in search of a plan of action. What needs to be done? And what is the most efficient way to do it? The priest in the gospel was, it would seem, going about his priestly affairs, a man with important things to do. There were prayers to be said, sacrifices to be offered, accounts to be kept. And so too was the Levite. He had people to see, appointments to keep, tasks to complete before the end of the day. Religious Busyness is a frightful thing. The church opens the book of the Gospels not as one opens a how-to-do-it manual, but rather as the priest opens the door of the tabernacle to encounter the living Christ, to behold his face, to hear his voice, to discover the thoughts of his heart. What changes lives is not the decision to undertake a program of good works, but rather the astonishment of coming face to face in a dazzling brightness with one who bends low to meet us in the very depths of our misery. The Good Samaritan is none other than our Lord Jesus Christ himself. In the days of his flesh, as he journeyed in this world, 
praying to his father with a strong cry and tears. Christ came to where we were. And when he saw all of us sinners stripped and beaten and left for dead in a ditch, he had compassion. The human heart of God was moved. God, looking upon us through the eyes of his Christ, suffered at the sight of our suffering. One cannot but recall the words of God to Moses in the book of Exodus that we sang just a few days ago on the feast of St. Anne and St. Joachim. I have seen the affliction of my people, and knowing their sorrow, I am come down to deliver them. In the offertory antiphon, in just a few moments, Christ the true Moses will lift the voice of his priestly pleading to the Father, and the epistle to the Hebrews tells us that he was heard for his reverence. And what was the great cry of the introit today, if not the prayer of the poor man, lying stripped, wounded, and helpless by the side of the road? Oh God, come to my assistance. O oh Lord, make haste to help me. Let my enemies, those who stripped me and robbed me and left me for dead, let my enemies be confounded and ashamed that seek my soul. And what was the heart-rending wail, and it was a wail, a lamentation in the Alleluia verse, if not the same poor man using all his remaining strength to cry out to God. What was the Alleluia verse? O Lord, the God of my salvation, I have cried in the day and in the night before thee. How does God respond to such prayers? I am your God, he says. I come low to assist you who have fallen low. I hasten to help you who are helpless. As for your enemies, they shall be confounded and ashamed for having sought your soul. I am the God who saves. I come to lift you out of the ditch, to bind up your wounds, to restore you to wholeness. I hear you when you cry out to me by day and all the night. I listen for the sound of your weeping. It would be altogether too facile to reduce the message of today's gospel to its ethical demands alone, to hear it exclusively in terms of a social imperative. Be good, be sensitive, be caring, show mercy. It is, of course, all of that. In chapter 4 of the Holy Rule, St. Benedict counts the corporal and spiritual works of mercy among the instruments of good works. But all of that being said, there is more to the parable of the Good Samaritan. Most of us prefer to cast ourselves in the role of the Samaritan, rather than to see ourselves in the one robbed and stripped and forsaken and half dead. Most of us, I think, prefer to see ourselves 
on the road rather than in the ditch. The Samaritan is the hero. The Samaritan keeps the upper hand in the story. The Samaritan is splendid. And who among us does not at least sometimes want to be splendid? Churches are full of splendid people and of people who want to be splendid. Who does not want to be perceived as healthy, wholesome, handsome, strong, virtuous, bright, winning, accomplished, and successful? Splendid. We needed the teaching of a 24-year-old doctor of the church ravaged by tuberculosis to see that holiness is not about being splendid at all. St. Therese of the Child Jesus and of the Holy Face tells us that holiness is rather about accepting that we have landed in the gutter. That we are, in fact, without resources, stripped, wounded, half-dead, and utterly incapable of changing any of that by ourselves. The God who bends over our souls with a face of indescribable tenderness the God who touches our wounds with the strong and gentle hands of mercy meets us not in the high places, not on our pedestals, not in Jerusalem, nor in Jericho, nor on the road of a splendid progress, but in the gutter of our absolute need of him. In the Samaritan of today's gospel, the fathers of the church discern face, the heart, the hands of Christ. Christ Jesus is near us in our poverty, near us in our nakedness. He is nearer to us when we are broken and brought very low than when we are splendid and marching on. A Samaritan as he journeyed came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Our Lord comes to where we are. And seeing us has compassion. He stops for each of us. He binds up our wounds, pouring oil and wine upon them, cleansing and disinfecting them, healing them with the medicine of the Holy Ghost, and of his blood. And this is where today's communion antiphon, you will notice, relates to the gospel. For in the communion antiphon today, we shall sing of the wine that may cheer the heart of man and oil to make his face shine. Christ lifts us from where he finds us. He brings us to the inn of his Father's healing hospitality, And there he cares for us and pays all our expenses. When the poor man opened his eyes to see who it was who was caring for him, he beheld a human face. Christ Jesus is the human face of God. The face we behold when we open our eyes to see who it is who is caring for us. In the end, 
It is the experience of this face that changes us. It is the closeness of this face to ours with, as blessed Elizabeth of the Trinity said, his eyes in our eyes. And with the warmth of his breath upon us, we are resurrected to newness of life and sent back to the road whence we came to go and do likewise. We are to hasten along this road with Benedictine alacrity. It's a Benedictine virtue, alacrity. Confident that the petition of today's collect has already been heard and granted. Grant, we pray thee, that we may not stumble as we speed towards the good things thou hast promised. Of course, I couldn't pray the collect today without thinking of our three brothers who are walking from Warsaw to Częstochowa. They left yesterday morning. And so they'll be walking ten days. And uh, <laughs> it's quite extraordinary. So we can only pray that our young brothers who are in Poland may not stumble as they speed towards the good things that God has promised, the good things that await them at Częstochowa. So long as we hasten in the way that is Christ, I am the way, we are in no danger of stumbling. And even if we should, out of human weakness, wander along other paths, lose our way, suffer the violence of ambush and assault, we have only to lift our voice in supplication. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall speedily arise, and thy justice shall go before thy face, and the glory of the Lord shall gather thee up. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall hear. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.